Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modern Odise Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's episode 134, February 8th, 2022. I'm Gavin Pickin, software developer for Auto Solutions, and I'm joined by another software developer from Auto Solutions, Daniel Garcia. Welcome. Hello. Good to have you back again. You getting the hang of these things now? <laughs> Sorry to you. Every time I feel a little less like a noob. Yeah, that's no, all good. You're doing a good job, and uh, it's good to get some fresh faces on here. So, oh, uh, fresh faces, but... <laughs> hey, I showered and shaved today, so that's a that's a big plus for everybody. <laughs> I shaved too, just in case I was going to get the tap today. So, cool, cool. Well, first, let's thank our sponsors, Auto Solutions. Without them, we wouldn't be able to be here. Uh, they're the makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and almost every other box out there. So, we uh, appreciate that. You want to yep. tell us how to say thanks back to Autos? Absolutely. There are several ways to say thank you back to order solutions i mean like and subscribe to our videos on youtube like we're watching now you can star and fork our repos on github you can subscribe to our podcast on your podcast apps leave us reviews um, we're available wherever fine podcasts are sold and available you can sign up for a free or paid account on cfcast um, we're releasing new content uh regularly almost every week um, you can also buy ortis's book 102 cold box HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks on Gumroad. I'll put a link on there. Uh, that is a great book to just kind of get up and running with lots of cool little tips and tricks. I highly recommend it. Yep. I think I need to do uh, two a week just so I can get through them all. So I might make it a, a late New Year's resolution to try and get through them. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. And then we also want to thank our Patreon supporters because they are spending their hard-earned money to support Auto Solutions on Patreon.com. And right now we have 35 Patreons providing 96% of the funding for this podcast. So that means that the rest of those dollars are available for orders to spend on other community efforts, like all those tools we mentioned, Coldbox, Commandbox, Forgebox, and everything else. So uh, we really appreciate them, and we'll give you a little bit more information about them at the end of the episode. We'll even list off their names. We'll mispronounce them badly, so stick around for the fun. Yeah, but I think it's you this week mispronouncing badly, so thank you for that. Yep, I will try and uh, do my best. So. I always feel guilty that <laughs> yep. your name. That's okay. I mean, I'm used to everyone butchering my name my entire life, so uh, <laughs> this yeah, time I get some back. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, so news and events. What do we got up first? Okay, the big one, Codebox version 6.6.0 is released. So we recently are incredibly excited to release the Coldbox 660. It's a standalone and whatever standalone companion libraries like Cashbox, Logbox, and Wirebox. Uh, the release taken many months and lots of research to complete. Um, one of the big things is we have finally made Wirebox a hierarchical dependency injection framework, which is a huge first step toward to allowing multi-dependency management in Coldbox modules. Basically meaning that you'll be able to have modules of different versions running with the same callbacks app and each module will be able to get the right dependency it needs with the whatever version it needs. Um, really, really cool, awesome stuff. I didn't quite understand how cool that was until I saw it and it is very cool, trust me. Or you can read the blog post I'm about to post. Yep, it's uh, it does look very cool. Um, 
there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going into the, the way that's uh, set up. I know we've talked about this for a long time, and there's been a lot of things we wanted to do, and we couldn't because of the version dependency issue. But this really does uh, take a you know a big chunk out of getting that to to work the way we want to. So very cool. So version six point six point oh released. Um, check out the blog post, and you obviously get it on Forgebox or Absolutely. the Coldbox website. And I see John asked if there's going to be a 666 release. I have not heard. If I was a betting man, I would say no, but <laughs> just on superstition. But um, if there's a feature you want, as always, ask. Yep. Okay. So next up, we have the State of the CF Union 2022 survey. We've been talking about it for a little while now, and we got some new news about it, though. So if you haven't filled it out, we want to go have you fill it out. But there are now the preliminary results. And so I'm going to pull the screen up here for those who are watching, because you guys are the cool ones. And so when you pull that up here, you'll see that we actually have some of the results are already piling in. And so if you scroll through here, there are a lot of questions, I admit, but there's a lot of cool stuff in here as well. Um, so basically the results uh, are all here. You can check out uh, all the stuff. And for those who actually want to look at um, filling out the survey, oops, sorry, I stopped sharing my screen right as all the results started showing up here. The graphs were loading, sorry. Uh, There's a cool one here, MVC framework to use. Coldbox is now the most used MVC framework out there. And it even better than don't use a framework, uh, which usually homegrown or don't use a framework are right up there, but we're finally got ahead of them. So, uh, awesome. obviously we're, we're still got more to, more to get more surveys to, to get filled out. But the cool thing is, is now if you fill out that survey, I didn't know they had raffle prizes, but we do. And Audis has provided oh. several raffle prizes. So we have a digital copy of the learn modern CFML in hundred minutes book, a digital copy of the 102 tips and tricks book, one month access to CFcast premium a Forgebox nice. Pro subscription, a Forgebox Business subscription, and an ex an all or it doesn't say all access, but an access pass to ITB 2022. So there's a pretty cool amount of stuff there. I'm pretty excited to uh, you know to be able to offer that because we really do want people to fill this in. I mean, it's great just for um, you know just for anyone to know what's happening in the CF world, and you know everyone wants to know more about the tools, but as a company that makes tools for CF developers, it really helps us to figure out which tools are, you know, maybe not used very well. And we need to explain why they're important or what benefits they have better. Or maybe there's, you know, some other things that people are using that maybe we shouldn't be building anymore. So it really helps us focus on what we should do next and everything. Um, and we're really excited to, to have that sort of out there. And so you got raffle prizes now. So tell everybody, fill it out, go into the drawer to win some cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I also like looking at the results. There's some things, you know, I've never heard of. I like to think that I'm fairly aware of what's out there, but it's kind of cool to see, hey, what's this tool? Hey, that's pretty cool. Never thought about that. So uh, definitely a way just to see what's out there and snapshot what's going on. Yep, for sure. Okay, so moving on here really quick. Eric, I saw your comment about skipping floor 13 in buildings. That never makes sense to me because if you skip floor 13, what the next floor really be the 13th floor so it, it makes no sense and i know that you like pointing things like that out so we'll <laughs> talk about that later anyway so we have a an ordis webinar what's new in command box 5x with brad wood 
So on February 24th of 2022 at 11 a.m. Central Time, um, in this webinar, Brad, who's the lead developer of CommandBox, will cover all the new features available in CommandBox 5. You want to tune in and make sure you're getting the most of your command line interface or CLI. CommandBox is awesome. Tune in and see why. <laughs> make the most of your CLI. I've never heard that one before. So, <laughs> Isn't that how you use CLI? No, not the way I would say it, but anyways. Oh, well, um, tonight we have a, another webinar, so you don't have to wait for Brad's. Tonight, uh, John Ferrara is actually going to do one on Cobox, the leading CFML framework. Uh, so we saw a little bit of thunder. I see him in the chat talking about it. Um, but yeah, so the Michigan group, CFUG tonight, um, it's going to be uh, John leading that one here. And uh, But yeah, it's basically basically shared what position the technology to achieve the lead and how it can position you as a developer and business using technology for the future. So he's going to show you some of the cool, you know, features and benefits of using Coldbox. So if you're not a Coldbox user, uh, this might be a good way to get an idea of some of those features and everything. I know we always pipe on about how awesome it is and all the modules you can use. Uh, hopefully this is a good little session for you to figure out if it's worth doing. And so. to be clear, we don't just say this because we work for Ortis. We say it because we actually believe it. Yeah. So. Yep. The the legacy sites that I that I have and have maintained, like I I've added Wirebox to all of them. I've added see if you know like Logbox to all of them. Caching. I add all the stuff even without Coldbox and some of the sites that actually have active maintenance on them. I'm adding Coldbox as well and dual legacy stuff. So, uh, and I do that not because it's cool, like you say. It's because it helps me. You know, it makes my life easier and better as a developer. So, anyway, so check out John's session tonight. Uh, we've got the link being posted in the chat right now. So, mm -hmm. good luck, John. Cool. Have fun. Okay, and then next up, uh, I just wanted to put a quick shout out to Grant Copley who uh, did the CB wire presentation a couple weeks back for uh, the oldest webinar, but he's been pumping out tons of great stuff. So I've been seeing a lot of tweets out there from him talking about uh, new features like the template directives now. And so we got a link I'll share on my screen real quick. But so if you guys are using view and maybe you don't want all of view in, in your app, like these directives and everything, you know, they got the, the wire on click key, click prefetch. I mean, it's very view-like built straight into CB wire. He's doing some really cool stuff with it. Um, and so he's working hard on, on all this new stuff. So definitely uh, check out the, the webinar if you haven't seen it, but follow Grant Copley and find out more about CB wire. He's posting on Twitter quite often. So yeah, it's awesome stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen the webinar, like I mentioned, go check it out. Yep. It's up on cfcast.com and jinx. <laughs> Sorry. Your turn. <laughs> Okay, so next we got Command Box Migration version four is in beta. Uh, please test it out if you can and give Eric Peterson your feedback. Eric is on the chat here. He would love to hear all your feedback on all what's cool, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the awesome. Um, if you don't know, migrations are a way of providing version control for your application schema. You can create files with SQL to add, alter, et cetera, your database. Makes it awesome to add changes, remove changes, um, I hadn't really used migrations until like six months ago, and it is awesome. So another cool tool that's out there in the Ortis galaxy. Yep, it really makes your life much easier when working with a team and not sure which people are adding what tables, and is your database up to date, and oh, you know, because not everybody has shared databases, and not everybody wants to have a shared database, so it's uh, pretty cool. 
And John Fryer's uh, laughing at you saying jinx because you don't believe in 13th floor, but you like to jinx people. But anyway. <laughs> well, I just, the more I hang out with you, Briar Gavin, the more I'm like, hey, anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> John's asking if they skip the 13th floor in China because apparently it's good luck there. Uh, the chat is pretty lively today. Good to see some people in there yeah. chit-chatting. We'll uh, try and give you the highlights and uh, skip the lowlights. Uh, but something. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Hawaii CFUG has its uh, first webinar scheduled. So Friday, February the 25th, John Barrett, who's started the, the Hawaii CFUG, is going to be speaking about using CFCs in your cold fusion applications. So he's going to be going over that, and it's up on their new site, cfhawaii.net, and he has a meetup group as well, so we'll be sharing those links with you. Um, but yeah, he's also looking for someone to help find people for presenting. I know that uh, a lot of people are busy and kind of burnt out with virtual, you know, virtual presentations these days. Um, but if you are looking to present, uh, the Hawaii CFUG is a good one. And also, Charlie Earhart has the online CF meetup, which he's always trying to get more people to present on there. Uh, he doesn't want to make it the Charlie Earhart show where he speaks about everything every week. He could because he knows a lot of stuff. He works with a lot of people consulting for a lot of different clients. And so, you know, he learns a lot of things from all those interactions. But, uh, you know, so if you are looking to present and if you want to present it in person at some point, online ones are a great way to get started. So, so this, yep, the Hawaii Fug. Uh, is up there and like I said, if you want to speak to let them know and they're sure they're interested uh, as is online CF meetup and a few other places and if I could figure out a way to physically go there I would definitely offer to speak well actually I'm trying to plan a trip to Hawaii sometime soon I got all these flight credits stocked up from when I couldn't use them everywhere I'm like oh yeah Hawaii is like the only place I can't drive to really so I should just fly there if I'm going to use some credits right but anyways What's up so, next? You talked about the Charlie show. I would actually watch the Charlie show if he had, uh, you know, every week was doing something awesome. That guy is fantastic. So anyway, um, I see why am I? In case you missed it. In case you missed it. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> I see why am I mean. Like it can mean, yeah, I don't know. Command box workflow magic. Modules to speed up CF development with Brad Wood. So Brad talks about the command box workflow magic modules to speed up in this episode of CFLI podcast with Michaela Light. I'm going to post the link. Basically, lots of awesome modules you can use with command box to speed up your development. Um, I use a lot of them regularly, and they are awesome. Cool, cool. Okay. Next up, we've got lots of news today, guys, so we better get on with this. So Adobe has a webinar coming up here on February 24th, the Thursday, Cloud Report Building Using ColdFusion and PDF, and Mark Takata is going to be uh, talking about leveraging the power of Adobe ColdFusion and Adobe PDF to build reports using cloud-based no-code data sources. That sounds like a, a bingo game gone wild there, so uh, tech bingo. But he talks about GraphQL, cfml pdf services and he's been pretty big on this graphql stuff for a while so i even heard rumors that the next version is going to have some graphql support in it so i'm a bit really? that's because mark's involved because he loves <laughs> graphql so awesome. yep so we'll share the link for signing up for that Oops, but uh, I, that? I will do that right now sorry i get lulled into your soothing tones i also noticed in the uh, chat um eric kind of mentioned about the migrations has multiple managers and cedars and um, 
he only wants good feedback, please. So please accommodate Eric. <laughs> That's why I don't give feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the Adobe workshops, uh, you want to join the Adobe Cohesion workshop to learn how you and your agency can leverage CF to create amazing web content. The one-day training cover all facets of Adobe Cofusion that developers need to build applications that can run across multiple cloud providers or on-premise. I will get better about just not reading what's in front of me like Ron Burgundy. So anyway, um, Wednesday, it's free. Thanks, Gavin. So no Wednesday, February 16th at 9 a.m. Eastern time, Brian Sappy is going to be doing a workshop. Also on Wednesday, March 9th at 20. 2022 because i'm reading again i'm sorry at 9 a.m cet uh central european time damian bruendox is also going to be doing one i'm going to post both links and the link to all of them yep so adobe's got quite a few scheduled out so before it was just damian doing them but now they've got brian sappy doing some uh, u.s time zone ones so it uh, looks like they've got a good amount of content and i'm going to share my screen for those looking because on the adobe site they actually have a list of all this stuff we're not going to tell you all of this stuff every week because obviously it's in the future so we'll just sort of give you the next couple so as you can see there's a couple workshops the webinar but they've got ones planned for april 21st another webinar april 21st may and then in june so it looks like basically every month they're going to be doing a, a workshop and then if you learn more you can see which presenter which time zone etc but a lot of times you'll see that she says CET, PST, CEST, PDT. So you can figure out if it's uh, Central European time or, you know, whatnot. So definitely a cool little resource. And that is at meetus.adobeevents.com slash coldfusion. So we'll try and keep you up to date on those as they come out as well. Okay, so that wraps up our news. But we got more because CFcast content. So as we mentioned, uh, Grant Copley's CBWire and Alpine JS uh, webinar is up on CFcast. So go check that out. Uh, we got a few new series that we're working on, trying to get the content ready. Uh, I know we're still editing the into the box the TAM videos as well. So we've got lots of great content coming very soon for CFcast. And I've just got a little bit more time added to my schedule, so I'm going to jam it full with some more, and I'm going to try and do some more CFcast content too, because I love making videos like that, and there's lots of cool stuff I want to share. So hopefully you'll be seeing some CFcast content coming from me sometime soon, if I don't overbook myself. That's awesome. And I want to hear your content, Gavin. I've watched some of your videos already, and it's funny. Sometimes I'll speed it up just a little bit, just to kind of, and so when I talk to you and you talk normal, it's like, why does he talk so slow? Well, no, that's a normal speech it's just yeah yeah it's funny when you when you slow people down to normal speed <laughs> podcasts or videos and then grant copley said he's working on up and running with cb wire video too for for cfcast so that's cool nice very very cool oh man grant you're on fire yeah I know. not literally but you're awesome so keep it up definitely inspiring a lot of us Okay, conferences and training. The Christmas time zone is gone. We're getting into a few things. So what do we got coming up next? Okay, so next is DevNexus 2022. If you don't know what DevNexus is, it's the largest Java conference in the U.S., according to their Twitter. It's April 12th and 14th in Atlanta, Georgia. Our very own Brad and Luis will be speaking. Luis will be talking about AlpineJS, declare and react with simplicity, and Brad will be talking about what's a pull request and contributing to open source. 
Um, I do believe that is an in-person conference. Is that right, Gavin? Yep, they're going to be in person. Live, in person. If you want to check it out and stop and say hello. Yep, I know things are starting to open up. I think even Jersey was going to drop the mask mandate for schools and stuff. So people are starting to you know, see those numbers go down and start to open up. So hopefully we'll get real in-person a little more often. We also have another in-person conference. The U.S. version of Vue.js Conf is going to be at Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and that's going to be June 8th through the 10th. And their slogan is Beach Code View. So apparently that's the only reason I want to go is the beach, but uh, <laughs> that's not true. Um, the workshop day is June 8th, and the main conference is the 9th and 10th. And they actually have a call for speakers. Um, so a call for papers now open. The deadline is February 28th. So if you want to speak there, you've still got a couple more weeks to fill out the, the call for papers. So that is us.vuejs.org. Go check it out. And I'm hoping to actually make it to this one. Uh, Ordis is, you know, since no one's been to a conference in a, <laughs> quite a while, other than Into the Box, we're trying to reach out and do some other conferences outside of the CFML world. So I'm hoping that me and a few of the Ordis team can make it to that one and hopefully some of the other people from the CFML community that are using Vue. So uh, if you guys are thinking about another conference, maybe add that to your list and we can spend some time uh, hacking on some CFML Vue.js related uh, tools while we're down there and, you know network a little bit be good to see everybody so that's my plan so that's awesome yep so hopefully we'll see you then we also have into the box 2022 the tentative dates are september 27th through the 30th so the looks like the last little bit of september and as usual we're going to try and do some workshops the day prior to the conference we'll give you more details as we go uh but sort of pencil that weekend just that way you can uh, get some time off hopefully or whatnot and uh Hopefully you guys can present too. We'll have a call for speakers open in a couple of months and then we'll get some good content. So I just posted the dates in there. Um, yep. tentative date, September 27th through 30th. And there are more conferences up at comps.tech. You can find a bunch of all sorts of different things. And then if you guys have any other conferences you think we should uh, try and, um, you know, post here and let people know about, uh, let us know. You know, we're happy to add more content to the show notes and, uh, we get a lot of good content. Uh, Charlie Earhart has always given us great content and uh, a couple of blog posts we actually missed. Uh, and so he's given us a couple of those. So uh, if you got any recommendations for jobs, conferences, you know, tweets, news, whatever, let us know. I see it's got, got the dates and this guy conferences, you can tell he's going to get his wife to sign off on it. So yep. I hope you do, Scott. I enjoyed seeing you last year and look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, Scott lives uh, in my city, so sometimes we go to see if, like, Summit Vegas will road trip and stuff. So it's always nice. good to have somebody else to chat to on the plane or whatever. So very cool. Okay, next up, blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And the first one, uh, we already talked about a little bit, Coldbox version 6.6.0. And so that one is released. Uh, so if you want to find out more, autosolutions.com's blog has it right there. Get all the information and Luis's uh, funky, cool uh, export. So very cool to see that going. Uh, definitely go check that out. The hierarchical dependency injection does sound cool, and I'm excited what we can do with it. So, um, so next we've got a blog post by Ben Nadell using JSoup to clean up and normalize HTML in ColdFusion 2021. Um, this is not something I really heard of. I saw this blog. I'm put the link here. Because you'd be like, JSoup, what's JSoup? Apparently, JSoup parses HTML into a document object model that provides traversal and mutation methods inspired by jQuery. 
what does that mean? I think it's a way for him to clean up a lot of his um, stored content um, in such a way that makes it cleaner to display. That's very cool. Yeah. So the JSoup DOM, I'm sharing my screen for those looking. But yeah, if you want to get text from something or HTML from something, you can use those functions. It really does uh, sort of follow jQuery's method, but it just takes a block of text that's HTML and just makes it, you know, friendly. And uh, we've used it before in other tools we built, like Eric's integration tool, uh, which basically you can say, hey, I want to look to see if this H2 has the, the text of this. Like, am I on the right page when you're looking at your tests and stuff like that? It's pretty slick what it can do. Um, and this talks about what Ben did to make his site a little better. So he cleans up, like, local references and injects the CDN domains, old link styles, cleaning up slugs. So he walks through it as usual, very Ben quality uh, detail. And it's really neat to, to see him using it. I love JSoup. I've used it for quite a few things. So very, very cool. Nice. Okay, uh, some comments, Scott, again, he says JSoup is awesome. He thinks that's probably the best one there. So I will check that out. <laughs> and then John says jQuery needs some help after being dropped by tools like Bootstrap in version five. I think jQuery is on the way out uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, vanilla JavaScript does a lot of things that jQuery does already. Um, and then, yeah, to be honest, like if you're using Vue, like Scott says, Bootstrap Vue, Bootstrap all the Vue.js stuff, you don't have to try and wrap jQuery. And most of the major jQuery tools that are out there have Vue components, and I'm sure they have React versions of them now too. So It was awesome for its time. But... Yep. It's like everything, you know, the... Once the browsers catch up on a lot of stuff and make it easier, you know, life is just easier. I mean, like Cold Fusion, it got us props from doing a lot of things, hard things easy, but eventually there's other tools, better tools that, you know, are, are advancing and developing faster. And so why not just use them? And jQuery is the same way. Now, next up, we have another one from Ben Adele, and this one's actually pretty interesting because I dealt with something along the same lines just recently for a customer. So... He's talking about returning permissions with his API response payloads in ColdFusion. So, you know, whenever you're doing a front end and the back end, you know, usually in the old days you had ColdFusion, so you had all this ColdFusion logic to make sure you hide the right button and let the person who has permission to do this do this. But usually when you're dealing with a single page app, you've got to pass all that sort of permission logic down to the the client side so you can choose what to show and hide and whatnot and then obviously check it on the server side to make sure that they have the actual permission on that side as well and so ben was saying you know like this this works okay but with single page apps that may stay open for days at a time what happens if their roles changed after the page loaded what happens if the the, the code needs to be reloaded because they haven't refreshed the browser in days and now all of a sudden you've made this feature work differently for this permission or that permission and so basically he talks about some of those problems and then how he sort of deals with it and so for those watching i'm sharing my screen but basically he starts to put like a permission struct in every response so you know, here's a, a different type of struct than what I'm used to, but basically has a struct, never an array. So everything's always a key inside the struct that he returns. We do that with the Callbox API using like data and errors and messages, etc. But he is one of them as a block of permissions. And so he actually passes back with a list of members and a list of invitations, the permissions for that view. So it's kind of interesting. I've never 
really thought about sort of doing it this way. So, you know, it's just interesting to see how he's do it, done it. And then members, you know, members here is actually a, another function, get members. So get members gives you a list of members. And guess what? Inside that members, there's also permissions as well. So, um, <laughs> so I just read Scott's message, just made a refresh tag with a five minute timeout. So make sure the page refreshes every five minutes. Yep. Good idea, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So this works, uh, interesting, you know, like basically putting the permission for each object that way, when you loop over the members, you know, which permissions they could do for that person. Uh, right in the bet, you know, right in there. So, you know, there's lots of different ways to approach this, and it's really cool to see a different approach. So, uh, I'm not sure if I'll I'll take that one on or not. But um, the the problems you've identified is definitely problems that I considered too when I was looking at my option. And you know, the long live page is kind of crazy when you think about it. If your code lives for that long and everything can be out of date, uh, it does look pretty cool. Uh, John says it's a verbose approach. It definitely is, but it's the most accurate, right? Very timely, but then you've got a lot of permissions that might be passed there. And my view apps, the view itself, when it loads, it would actually give a bunch of permissions that it needed. And I guess I could just refresh those permissions periodically. So I tell it, hey, these are the permissions that this view needs. And then maybe I could update them, you know, on a timer, basically poll, whatever. I know Ben says using WebSockets or whatever, but... Interesting, for sure. And then, like, that's very detailed uh, to get each member has permissions differently than, than other members in a list. Anyway, very, very cool. I, I liked it. Um, it's making me think, for sure. So I appreciate it, Ben. Cool, Ben. Making us think. My gosh. Well, here's another blog post out there. Um, normalizing non-breaking spaces and other special characters within his ColdFusion core posts. Uh, so basically, he was going through, cleaning up some of his formatting. He saw a lot of funky characters that he didn't like. Um, so essentially, he created a text normalization component to clean up bullets, dashes, double quotes, line endings, pseudo quotes, and spaces. Um, it's just a, a nice something reusable you can grab, see how he's doing, and probably just use it almost as is. Um, yeah, I want to steal it and put it on Forgebox because it sounds really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, good idea. Is it? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm pasting the link so you guys can go check that out. Yep. I also, um, I was just sharing my screen for those watching, but we actually have some, some tweets about it too. And of course, James Moberg, uh, he seems like he's built a tool for everything. Uh, I don't know what he does exactly, but he builds lots of tools for clients and a lot of times it's cleanup and accessibility. And so if we look here at this tweet, you'll see the responses here, um, you know, he said he'll have to add this to his white space CFC that he has. And he's saying, you'd be surprised at how many variations of the non-character 32 there are, um, you know. And basically, he's talking about this, and he's got a, a gist up here with some more information. So uh, we're going to share both those links with you guys because they're both really useful. But it'd be nice to, like, pool our knowledge on this type of stuff. I've talked about it, too, with, like, user agents. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a CFC, a user agent CFC somewhere that everybody could add all their crazy things? And we should start with James Moberg's list because he's got a huge one. But, you know, we could basically, you know, just have one CFC, you know, like a command box installed module base that says, hey, these are all the bad user agents. Don't let them come through. And we just update it with a pull request and, you know, the Forgebox package updates and now, now your site is more protected. I think those types of things would be really great if we could pull together and you know, update them. So That's um, a good idea. It's, it's tough, though. Those things change, like, a lot. Yeah. But 
that's why you want, you know, because think about it. If you have your own CFC and you've got to go update it all the time, are you going to do it? Nope. If nope. it's a command box module that installs every time you do a box install, you're going to get the latest one every single time, as long as we get those pull requests in. So, anyways, I thought that was uh, interesting. And another reason to use command box. Yep. No, I mean, command box, I mean, just package management in general. Same thing with, yeah. you know, like, remember how many times did you copy down a version of jQuery and then, you know, later on you need a new version, you got to go download it again. Well, which version am I running? I don't know. Where do mm -hmm. I get it? How do I? It's such a nightmare. So package management is great. And that's one of the reasons we built command box to make that even better. So. Agreed. Anyway, so I definitely like that, uh, that post there. Next up, we have another one from Ben. He's got a good collection today. And this one here is actually talking about double check lock around one run, one run once code in Cold Fusion. So this one here is basically his little strategy for, um, you know, running some code. And he mentions that Cold Fusion has on application start, which is great. You know, it fully synchronizes your application setup, make sure that no code runs, you know, and parallel or whatever but sometimes you need to wait till after everything's done loading and you know later on run something so this is just his little double check lock pattern that he uses and so he talks about you know basically how it works and why it works and it's a pretty neat way to make sure you don't have any issues um and a lot of it's here is like you know is the value cached if it is use it if it's not then lock it and now check is it cached because in the meantime between you checking it and locking it, they may someone else may have tried to change it. And if somebody else is changing it, then you're making the same request twice. And so this just saves you from you know making extra requests. And it makes sense. I like it. Again, just little little things, really helpful. And you know, I like all those types of uh, you know design patterns and and everything. I read about them. I've actually bought my book from college out and put it on my bookshelf so I can reread it sometimes. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's so many design patterns I don't know or don't use, but, uh, it's kind of cool when you see other people using them and I see the call box is full of them. That's one thing I like, like Luis and Brad and all of them, they, they use design patterns all the time and you know, they don't even, you don't even realize they're being used. So when I actually identify one of them, Oh, that's that pen. That's cool. That's kind of neat. Okay. Yep. What else we got? and you can correct me on this speaking of design patterns um doesn't cf cast have some really good content on design patterns as well or am i thinking of something else i know we've got the object oriented design and there's some stuff in there where it talks about factories and stuff as well as like different object oriented design patterns so i think there's you know there's definitely some stuff in there um yeah but i don't think we actually have a specific design patterns uh, piece but that oop one that nolan did was you know definitely had some stuff in there oh that's what i'm thinking of the oop one from nolan yep nice okay we have some tweets coming up first one is from zach spitzer um he they're adding links to the related tests for tags and functions in the lucy docs since lucy has lots of detailed tests they wanted to add links to the related tests for the tags and functions i'm gonna go ahead and paste the example from the docs the git pull or the github link the tweets yeah. and for those who are watching i pulled up the the tweet and you'll see that right here in the bottom of the documentation see lucy test cases and then if you click this it'll take you to the appropriate github test and you can see which tests you know they're using so you can see in here some of the different tests it's kind of neat and it makes a lot of sense too 
these yeah. are how it's working. How can I test this? Well, there it is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times your tests are better documentation than actually the documentation because the, the test should be updated, otherwise your code won't pass, right? So hopefully if you update your tests on a regular schedule, then, you know, a lot of times if I want to know how something works, I'll go look at the test because if they're written well, they can be really helpful to get a true understanding of how it works. And it's the most up-to-date because you don't always keep your, your docs up to date as they should be. So... Or you may not realize, hey, this can work this way as well. Look at this test. I could use that. Yeah, for sure. I had a, a good run doing some tests this last week. It feels good to be writing detailed tests, and it actually helped me. I found some something I wouldn't have found if I wasn't writing the test for it. So, now, Do you write the test first? Um, code, I, I try you- to, depending on what I'm doing. Um if it's something where I've got detailed specs, then I, I like to write the test first. If it's something where I'm trying to figure out how I'm doing it, then I'll do it the other way. So it just depends. Like if I'm trying to figure out how it's even possible, I don't have a, a clear spec sheet yet, you know. So it's one of those mix and match. And you know, like everybody, I should be testing more. No matter who you are, you should be testing more. So here's a bit of a flashback. Anybody remember the Cold Fusion Developers Journal? <laughs> Sean Holmes Ooh. tweeted this one that he was actually interviewed in this this issue. But see, this is aging me. I've been developing in Cold Fusion forever, but I wasn't really up in all the crowds and and everything. So I, I didn't I wasn't around in this time. So I probably could have found it, but I was in New Zealand earlier when I started, and I was on some of the forums, but I didn't get these. The CF Cold Fusion Fast Track journals. So flashback. Anybody in the chat remember them? Did they get them? Yes, Eric, that is paper. It looks like a magazine they would send out. <laughs> Crazy, I isn't it? I bet I still have a bunch of them in a box somewhere in my basement. Because how cool is it to get that, you know, publication with all this really cool content? And I even have the digital ones somewhere, I think. I think I bought them at one point. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I'm old, Gavin. Hey, I'm old too. I have the the fast track from Adobe Cold Fusion 4. That's how I started all this stuff. But Bill said you can read it online, so interesting. Oh, you can? Well, maybe you could have read it online. Oh, yeah, they had a web version. and I used to still, I don't know if I still do, but I still had a uh, my CF WAC 8 autographed by Ray Camden. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I have no idea if I still have it, but... Huh. Interesting. So what we got up next? (laughs) Uh, You mentioned James um, Alberg a little bit earlier. Um, He has a blog post about the Cold Fusion CGI scope is not read-only. He posts that he was always under the impression that the Cold Fusion CGI scope was read-only, but apparently it's not, unless you use Lucy. So I'm going to go ahead and paste a link to that. Uh, I know for me, it's... I find it's a generally a good practice to not necessarily trust the CGI scope completely or really any data that you don't directly control. Um, things can be spoofed. Um, I never really rely on IP addresses. I never rely on, because somebody can manipulate all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's good. To, it's helpful, but yeah, don't, don't trust that. So apparently the Zach said something about there's a ticket for the Lucy. So I'm not sure if that means they're going to make it um, not read only anymore. But the the reason it came up is because the Adobe support community people were having issues moving to Adobe CF2021. Because I guess if you dump some variables out of the CGI scope, then the next time you try to access them, it was empty. 
So something in that process like cleared out the CGI scope. And that's what they're having issues with. And so, yeah, so that's interesting. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, there's more on the, on Twitter about it too, but interesting. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even think about making it, you know, using it as an edible source of anything. So I, I played with that in the past, like trying to fix something, but it was never, I never felt good about it. <laughs> yeah. And like John said, if you dump it, it literally dump them. <laughs> no more. <laughs> anyway, wow. uh, Next up, we have a tweet from Brad Wood. Uh, nothing too special, but basically he's excited for the Lucy 5.3.9 release because it contains the largest number of pull requests from Brad in a single release. He's got 13 pull requests. Mainly it's all query of query stuff, but 13 pull requests in this version, so he's excited. So, Yeah. Isn't he waiting, too, for that release for some command box coolness, goodness, too? Probably. There's always something. I mean, because... You know, we've we've over the time tried to get Command Box running on uh, Adobe Cold Fusion, but uh, Command Box runs on a, a Lucy image. So a lot of times, if there's something super cool in Lucy's newest release that's coming out, then Brad does get excited, but he has to wait. He has to wait for it to come out before it, you know, and be stable and tested. <laughs> so, yeah. But Sweet. Um, we have another tweet from Zach Spitzer. He apparently owes Luis a drink for making test box faster. So he owes Lisa beer for agreeing to make the mock box dependency lazy load and test box, um, I believe, 5.4 seconds faster. Yep. So. In computer time is, well, it's 5.4 seconds faster, but it's faster. A lot faster. 5.4 seconds is a lot when you're trying to run tests on a regular basis and everything. Absolutely. Cool. Now, I've got a little uh, blog post that Charlie alerted me to. I didn't see it on my normal news gathering process, but Cloudflare authenticated origin pools, which I know Cloudflare, this other stuff sounded like gibberish to me, but basically they're saying if you're using Cloudflare and Cloudflare in front of your web server, it's a good idea to set up the authenticated origin pools. When this is enabled and configured properly, only Cloudflare will be able to connect to your origin web server directly. So, um, basically by doing that, uh, you can, you know, just be a little more secure and it gives you some setup examples in here. So, um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but basically it just, it just means that only the, the right, the basic Cloudflare can connect and block everybody else and it'll give you a bad request. So, uh, interesting. No, my rule of thumb is if Pete is talking about it and saying we should do it, it's probably a good thing to listen to Pete. I know yep. that's not what you were saying, but just yeah. in general. No, it is. I mean, I just like sometimes when Cloudflare or DNS is giving me issues, I like to be able to hit the server directly to test stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, John said he just did that for his diff system, so that way only the right people can get to it, you know, through Cloudflare and not anybody wandering. So it's kind of cool. Reduces the attack vector, you know, announcing your location and stuff like that. So I actually need to play with Cloudflare more. Cloudflare. I'm doing it like... Uh, I need to play with that service more, Gavin. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things I hear. Yeah, I just use it for the DNS because it's free and it's powerful and it's fast and it's privacy concerned, you know. So that's yeah. the main reason I use it because I got sick of trying to figure out which register domain was at. Does the client have it or not? And like, it's nice and it's a good set of tools for DNS. So and then you can always add all the rest on if you need it. Yeah, I did see that there the email forwarding is in beta but i just got an invite for that Ooh. Uh, i haven't tried it yet but 
I should do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so one more blog from our friends at Fusion Reactor. Um, Fusion Reactor versus App Dynamics. You can compare App Dynamics with Fusion Reactor based on customer opinion. If you're considering implementing an application performance monitor and APM, because we all like TLAs, and are looking at comparing Fusion Reactor with App Dynamics, they'll look at some of the G2.com reviews. It's a great place to start. Um, reviews on G2.com are written by genuine users and are verified as actual customers before the review is accepted. I can affirm to that because I actually have some G2 reviews out there and I've gotten some you know, Amazon gift cards from them. Um, this cool. data is posted, has been provided by G2.com and is taken from feedback from Fusion Reactor and AppDynamics customers about the APMs they review. Here's the link. And I can also got a buddy that works at G2. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, they're um, out of Chicagoland. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's another one that Charlie gave, uh, brought my attention to. I guess I'm not on all the RCS readers. I know they're from ancient years, but apparently people still <laughs> use them, and uh, not everything gets posted on Twitter and Facebook and other places that I look. So I'll have to get an RCS reader up and add some people to my list. I can recommend so. PD. I use that all the time. Okay, maybe I'll have to reinstall that new computer, all that fun stuff. Okay, well, let's talk about finding a job. So, getcfmljobs.com is a great place uh, to find all your CFML job needs. And we have quite a few new ones this week, another four, I believe. Okay, so first one is a full time position, uh, Cofusion Developer at Ruston, Virginia, that was posted on February 8th. I'm going to paste all these links when I'm done talking. Um, we have another one. It's a full-time Java developer with Cofusion experience. It's a remote position. Another one is a lead, full-time lead Java engineer, uh, Lucy Cofusion, chef and vendor in the UK. And we have a full-time senior Cofusion developer, Latin America, Cologne, Pennsylvania um, in the US. So lots and lots of links. I'm going to go and get those out there. It's very encouraging to see a lot of companies are actively using Cofusion, looking for good developers. Um, yep. If you are a developer that is going for some of these and wants to help level up, something you can do is go to CFCast and find some cool modernization. You mean get CFML jobs, not CFCast, but CFCast is good. But yeah. <laughs> yep. So you want, want you know, listening to this podcast, go to CFCast, go into CF Docs, go into all sorts of places. Yep. And then we also have some other job links too. So Auto Solutions is looking for web developers in Latin America and also in the US. Uh, Ventro.com is looking for some Cold Fusion developers. And then uh, the makers behind Lucy, Razia, are looking for a US time zone developer. And there's a link to a Slack CFML group archive message where if you go click on Gert there and send him a DM or uh, um, you know, direct message. Uh, let them know if you're interested. They're looking for workers too. So lots of good companies are looking for workers, and uh, it's not because people are getting laid off either. It's because we're actually growing and getting busier. I know Audis, we keep growing our team, and we're excited to to keep growing it bigger and bigger, and to you know help those out there that need help modernizing or you know you know adding to their team for short term or long term projects. So it's very cool. Okay. Next up, we have our Forgebox module of the week. And actually, it's two modules, but I'm going to talk about several modules because we're going to talk about CF wheels. So there's a new category up on Forgebox. 
and I'm going to share my screen. Sorry for everyone I keep telling that, but sometimes people are like, what are they talking about if I don't say that when they're listening on the podcast? So we made a new CF Wheels templates category. So they've uploaded several new templates lately. So there's a Hello World, there's a Hello Dynamic, uh, and there's also a base template. So there's a few templates there. But there's also, if we just go and look at newest on ForgeBox, you'll see that they have some MVC options too. Uh, I'm still on the category. Let me drop the category. My bad. So now when I come and go to newest, you'll see that, as I mentioned, there's a few templates, but they also have the CF Wheels core is in there now, and the CF Wheels base is in there. So uh, CF Wheels is adding more and more to ForgeBox. Remember, you don't have to be a Box product user to use ForgeBox. It's a package management suite, and you can use it for whatever. I mean, you can basically just get you know, like NoSQL stuff. There's all sorts of little bits and pieces. Lucy Extension's using it. So if you don't even use, um, you know, Callbox, CommandBox or anything, just having Lucy Extensions in your Lucy server, you can use Lucy Extensions from here. So there's a lot of cool different things in here, um, but CF Wheels is using it. Framework One has stuff in here too. So there's CF Wheels templates, there's plugins. So go check that out because uh, they're adding lots and lots more there. And it's cool to see that, you know, it's a community tool. It's not just a cold box tool. So you actually said something earlier, Gavin, about um, Ben's uh, component to clean up some of the hidden characters and special characters. Uh-huh. Maybe throw on that. So where would you do that in ForgeBox? Um, well, it's it's an interesting one because um, there is a bunch of just you know, random stuff that sort of gets put in the module section. So that's probably the best spot for it. But I mean, categories are just ways for people to sort of find what they're looking for. So it's not like you need to specifically put it in a certain category, but certain ones do have some conventions. So if you have um, like a framework or whatever, a lot of times it has instructions of where to put it. Um, But if you're just downloading a module without those instructions, it'll, figure out the best place to put it. But like modules is probably the the best spot for that because it's considered a module. And then I think even there's some basics, just straight CFCs. Like people can add a CFC to ForgeBox. You don't have to have a whole big old package for it. Um, but yeah, a lot of them would be in there. And like I say, they don't have to be cold box tools to go there either, but um, it's probably the a, best bit. There might be a good example at some point to you know, do a quick little blog post on here's how to do a simple component in ForgeBox and you know get your stuff out there people can use it yep i mean because we've got lots of stuff in there i mean projects is sort of the random a lot of people mm-hmm. put stuff where it's it's you know not necessarily fitting into any other category but but yeah they're they're just ways to tag you know something so it's not a big deal of it you don't know exactly where to put it and uh we can obviously move it to if we we need to but um, yeah, it's definitely a, a pretty cool little little collection, and it's great to see it still growing. That's why I like to go look at the new section all the time, and I try and spotlight some of the new stuff because, you know, it's just it's growing all the time, updates and everything. Oh, yeah, I've gotten the habit now. If I need to solve something, I'm like, let me check ForgeBox first. <laughs> Maybe somebody solved that. Yeah. And sometimes they do, which is awesome. For so, sure. Okay, so moving on, we have our VS Code hint tips and trick of the week. So this week is Task Explorer. 
Let me paste that link in there. Um, so basically, whether you've got all these different um, tasks, npm, grunt, sass, yarn, docker, whatever, um, you can run it within the task explorer within VS Code. It's a plugin that gives you a sidebar um, that allows you to run tasks. So basically, it's a nice way to run command line items organized to what you might need all within VS Code without having to leave the VS Code um, workspace. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I'm really liking the way it looks. I'm zooming in on my screen for those watching. But yeah, so I mean, you basically have a task explorer and then depending on the different tasks you have, it'll pop them out. I said, I know there's some different extensions which give you some of the box tasks you can run and everything, but like here for NPM tasks, you know, a lot of the projects we use have NPM built in to, to build our Elixir and uh, Webpack and stuff. And, you know, it'd be kind of nice. Um, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting. So uh, right now, it, it you know, it's not supporting everything that you're using, but it's one of those things we can probably improve. So well, what um, I like is whenever they, uh, I mean, command lines, they are what they are. A lot of people don't know what they are, are intimidated by them. Well, this gives you a nice GUI to be able to say, hey, I need to do this. Click, click, it's done. Yeah. Um, just making it easier and streamlining your workflow to, if you can't remember every little command you want to do. Uh, I have trouble sometimes too. And like, you have to open up multiple versions of your, you know, your terminal inside of VS Code. Mm -hmm. And then you got to make sure you jump back to the right one. And then you're like, wait, is it NPM, uh, you know, run div or run div dash this? Or is it, you know, mm -hmm. CF format or lint or lint check or format check? Or so, yeah, having a nice little list of them would be definitely a big plus. So pretty cool so again just a uh, another little vs code tool that just helps make your life a little easier if that's something you spend a lot of time working in uh, that might be the one for you okay well that brings us to the end of our show where we talk about our patreon supporters and as I mentioned earlier, these individuals are personally supporting our open source initiatives, including this podcast, but other things like Command Box, Forge Box, Cold Box, Content Box, Test Box, and a bunch more boxes. And, you know, like I said, for me, the big part of this just goes through Forge Box and Command Box because all those packages that we have are all stored up on our, you know, Audis S3. Every time you download it, we're using S3 credits and, you know, Audis is, you know, funding that. And we're, we know it makes our tools better and it, we know it makes the community better. So, uh, that's one of the things we're doing there. And you can support us on patreon.com slash order solutions. And you get a few perks if you are a member. You want to tell us about them? Absolutely. So I pasted the link to the Patreon, but we are now offering annual memberships. You pay for the year and save 10%, which is awesome for businesses. Uh, the branch package is on up. You now get a Forgebox Pro and CFCast subscription as a perk for the Patreon subscription. All Patreon supporters have a profile badge on the community website. I'm going to paste the link there. Um, all Patreon supporters also have their own private forum access on that community website. And if you weren't aware, we've got a website, community.ordersolutions.com. Come check us out and say hello. For sure. Okay. Well, let me thank all these patrons individually. So uh, please accept my mispronunciations with no slight. So thank you, John Wilson, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Jonathan Perret, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media. Oh, John Wilson's from Snaptrix. I forgot to mention that. Dean Maunder, Joseph Lamery, Don Bellamy. Uh, Jan Yannick, Laxma Tirohadi, Calvin Stanton, Dan Card, Jeremy Adams, Jordan Clark, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, 
Ben Adele, Mingo Hagen, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Dagger, Jeff McLean, Sean Oden, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Mungi, Kevin Wright, and Stephen Klotz. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon, and you guys can go to autosolutions.com slash about-us slash sponsors, and you can actually see their pretty faces. So I'll share my screen. You see our Hall of Fame up here. David Bellinger, DeMondo, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jim Carlos Gomez, John Wilson, Jonathan Perrett, and Dan Card. Those are our Hall of Fame members right now. So we also have supporting organizations and sponsoring individuals. We've got lots of pages there. So thank you, everybody. Uh, it does mean a lot to us, and it means that we have more funds to be able to do awesome things for the community. And we really enjoy doing that. And uh Trying to keep Cold Fusion moving. Okay. Any more chats? Uh, John Ferrara says less tasking. He wants to filter the CFML tasks. Well, I guess we'll uh, check this out. Uh, I'm hoping that that one has an easy way to add the uh, command box ones in there so we can just get what we need. That would be slick. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try that one with the amount of stuff I've been doing lately. It's always using, you know, NPM and command box ones are the main ones, but still. I hate to say it, but I'm definitely going to wait and look eagerly to see what you come up with. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, we managed to fit it inside of an hour this week. Good job. There's a lot of content, a lot of stuff. So very cool. Uh, for those watching, thank you guys all for watching and listening on the podcast later. Uh, have a good one, and we'll see you all next week. See you all next week. Bye, everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.